Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Peter Fader, the Francis and Pei Yuang Cha Professor of Marketing at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. Peter has founded two very successful tech companies, Zodiac and Theta Equity Partners, and has written The Customer Base Audit, the topic of our conversation today. Now, Peter, your book involves five main lenses, among other things. Tell me, what should people learn or know about Customer Base Audit? A couple of things. One is that, unlike a lot of books on marketing that really focus on the interesting, (laughs) this focuses more on the different, uh, which is the idea of being accountable, the idea of being rigor and and regularity and and, and approaching marketing like a science or almost like like accounting. Uh, uh, we, We really want the field to be not only more quantifiable, but more standardized. And so as we look at programs, as we look at a customer base, as we look at a company as a whole, to really know how to size it up and instead of making up metrics uh, that that seem to befit that unique company. Things aren't as unique as you think. Uh, And when you start looking for the commonalities, you can actually see them. Do you think that marketing folk are likely to buy into this kind of audit concept, which I like, by the way, but do you think they're temperamentally suited to it? couple of things. Uh, more and more, yes, more and more folks, it's a whole different generation that, that is willing to view marketing as a science, are very much leaning into it. Second, there'd be a bunch of people who say, yeah, I'm totally with you. It's just all the idiots around me. They just don't get it. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to fight the good fight here. So there's a lot of what I'd like to say, sane voices uh, in the wilderness, uh, but there, there's not necessarily critical mass around it. Uh, and even for people who are uh, who are kind of skeptical, whose whose own livelihoods might be affected by accountability, uh, no one could ever deny the importance of it. No, no one could ever look me in the eye and say, "Well, that's a bad idea." Um, they might ignore it. They might hope it goes away. Uh, but but uh, it, it's it's hard for people to to say either that's a bad idea. Someone's done that already. We don't know what we do with it. And what's your best example of people putting a customer base audit into action? So a number of companies have done this kind of thing in a a limited way, which either means uh, doing just just parts of it. You mentioned the five lenses. None of them are new. Uh, They are existing kinds of analyses that companies have done now and then, here and there. Uh, It's just the, the idea of pulling them all together and to say that they shouldn't be bespoke analyses that we do when the situation calls for them, we should be doing them very, very regularly. It should get to the point where it's boring, just like a traditional financial audit or just like a doctor checkup. It's just something that you do every year. You, you hope that there's no news. That's great. But you want to be able to look at, at the current numbers and compare them to the old numbers and to the extent that they're all different to be able to diagnose what's going on. So I can give credit to, to a lot of companies, a, a lot of executives who have had these kind of shining moments of inspiration here and there. Uh, but the idea of doing it uh, rigorously, regularly, and comprehensively, I can't really point to anyone who's, who's approached that overall scope, but we hope it becomes more a rule than exception. You also mentioned the timing of an audit. Now, audits in the financial world typically are yearly, maybe, and often retrospective. For marketing folk, what do you think of audits? More frequent? What's your tempo? That's a good 
question. In the book, for the particular company that we looked at, most of our analyses are done at the quarterly level. That seems to be kind of a, a natural cadence. Doesn't necessarily mean that the audit needs to happen at that level. It's just that the, the, the way we choose to kind of slice up the data. Uh, a, for, for sure, I think we, we'd all agree that, that annual is as long as we would uh, consider going. But it might make sense to do it a, a bit more frequently uh, than that. I, I love that question because it, it implies that we're going to do it. <laughs> it's just a question of how frequently we're going to do it. Uh, of course, uh, I wish it was that much of a done deal for, for many other companies. Going back directly to the book, who would you most want to have the book in their hands? Who is it really aimed at? So my co-authors and I had this, this discussion. And, uh, and Bruce Hardy, our, our second co-author, professor of marketing at the London Business School, uh, he aims really high. He says this is all CEO-level stuff. I'd like to believe that, too. I think we got to go one level down. Obvious candidate would be the CMO, the chief marketing officer. But I'd, I'd like to believe that there'll, there'll be an equal partner in the chief financial officer. A lot of the work that I've been doing recently on customer-based corporate valuation, viewing our customers as assets, really has resonated with the finance folks could very well be the case that they'd be the ones imposing this on the marketing folks saying, we know you don't want to, but we're demanding that you do it. So it's, it's not clear. Of course, it would vary by organization. And even if the CEO isn't the one running it, even if the CEO is not the one who's, who's calling for it, I would, I would really like to believe that, that they would have a, a very serious interest in it. Now, I recall reading that you founded an analytics company, Zodiac. Is that correct? Actually, a couple of them. Yes, we, we had Zodiac, uh, which in many ways really does lay the groundwork for this. The fact that we could take some of the academic models, these very quantifiable models, projecting customer lifetime value and bring them to life at full commercial scale and finding great commercial success with it, ultimately selling that company to Nike back in 2018 and founding a new company, Theta, using basically the same models, but as I said before, focusing a bit more on finance, on this idea of customer-based corporate valuation. That, that evolution of, of, start, of commercializing the academic work, finding a, a blue chip company to want to buy it, and then kind of pivoting the, the focus has been just an, an incredible journey for me. and just, just makes me wonder how the next five, 10 years will play out when it comes to audits or models or just the, the overall uh, a role of a quantification in marketing uh, and its implications across the firm. Finally, what would you say would be the one thing you would like readers to take away from your book? That the the only thing that matters in a company is, is, is building, managing, measuring customer relationships. So many companies, even if they say that, even though they say, we're a customer first organization, the reality is most are product first organizations. You ask him any questions about the product. How many of them have we produced? What does it cost us to do so? What are the processes associated with it? You'll get answers that are much more crisp uh, and, and quantified than if we ask equivalent questions about customers. I want to reverse that because customers are the source of value. Uh, they're the ones who are paying the money. The products directly don't bring us any value at all. Unless we, get, unless we can acquire customers, get them to stick around, buy more often, spend more when they do. Uh, that is job one for any company, not just not, not just for consumer-oriented businesses, B2B, 
B2C product service, as long as you have customers, then those customers really truly should come first. And I'm going to cheat. I'm going to add a question then. So in the world where software in particular has moved from a product to an as a service, what impact will your book have for the people I speak to all the time who sell software as a service? Well, one piece of great news uh, with respect to SaaS, software as a service, is that uh, there's a lot of customer metrics are, are naturally associated with it. So we're seeing just a lot of metrics all the time. Uh, much more discussion about the LTV to CAC ratio or discussions about Mao and Dow and, and net revenue retention. And, and perhaps your listeners know some of these things, but perhaps they don't. But but a lot of these marketing metrics are working their way into this the, the, the day-to-day business vocabulary. A lot of that uh, pressed forward by the, the, the rise of SaaS. That's Great, uh, and I'd, I'd like it to to not reside only there. I want I want all businesses to think very carefully about which metrics apply to them and their customers, instead of just saying, uh, instead of just using kind of the same playbook for for businesses that that have very different kinds of business models in relationship with customers. Let's think about what's the right set of metrics for each and every business, uh, and then do them in a regular, accountable way takes us right back to the audit. Great. Thank you so much. A privilege to speak with you. Thank you, Professor Peter Fader, author of The Customer Base Audit, The First Step on the Journey to Customer Centricity. The pleasure is mine, and I appreciate the, the opportunity to help spread the gospel about some of these unconventional but emerging practices. Fantastic. Thank you. And as always, thank you for listening.